Dewey Dudes. Uh, we're done with seasons now, so this is Dewey Dudes episode 16, Sweet 16. Today we have another, every, every guest is, is special, but this one is especially special. Another special guest. From the uh, very online beauty world. She's written for, let's, let's think, uh, The Cut, The New York Times, BuzzFeed, Vox, Allure. I'm sure I'm missing a lot. She's interviewed Meg The Stallion. Yes. Chloe and Hallie, uh, Insecure's Natasha Rothwell, and... Tracy Ellis Ross. Maybe you've seen her on IG. She has a recent series called Beauty Headlines, and she also has a new substack. I don't know if it's new, but a newsletter called Beauty IRL, which we'll talk about later. But if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Darian Harvin. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to be talking with you both. So thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. We're really excited about this as well. So you're in LA, right? Yep. I'm in LA. I have lived here for two and a half years. I moved from New York. So I'm here, Hollywood. How is it? How do you like that move? You know what? I'm happy I did it. I am happy I did it. I'm also, I was born in, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. Very cold. Um, (laughs) But I was born in Long Beach, California. So it feels nice in a way to I'm putting air quotes like be back and yeah. I love the beach. I love the sun. So this is a good place for me. But I, I, but I want to say though, I miss, and I love New York forever. Always home, always like my flavor. Still, still feel like a New York girl living in LA. I feel like I'll, I'll always be that way. I think what I both love and miss about New York is you can just kind of call up a friend and meet around the corner at a bar. And that's yeah. what I love about New York. They, you don't really do that as often in LA, but in a way it like keeps me good, keeps me focused, <laughs> you know, keeps me well. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Evan and I wanted to uh, have you explain something for us real quick. So we yeah. were still you on Twitter. We were like, okay, let's, what, what is Darian? What is she chatting about right now? And we need someone to woman explain to us this mm-hmm. cultural significance of the Brandy and Monica versus episode yesterday. Oh my gosh. Yes, I, I would honestly love to. But please, because I'm sure some people will be listening because they probably don't even know what versus is. I like I yeah like kind of know about it because of the yeah it, was, it started because of like Swiss beats. It was like a DJ thing. Yeah it's become a phenomenon. 2.1 million concurrent Instagram live views Holy last shit. night. Oh shoot um, <laughs> I saw it peak at 1.3 and that's concurrent. So who knows how many people actually Yeah, yeah, tuned in to the live. So I guess to give people a background on Versus, it started pretty organically. I believe that it was an idea that Swizz Beats and Timbaland had had for a while. But then coronavirus, you know, with coronavirus, it was kind of, you know, artists were, I think artists were looking for a way, not just obviously to make money, but to perform and to create. And this was a way for them to do so. And so essentially, essentially what Versus is, is, Two artists who maybe they have some sort of similarity. Maybe they both come from the same region. Maybe they were popular around the same era, around the same era. Maybe they were fighting on the on the Billboard charts around the same time. Mm. They come together and they kind of go through rounds of facing off their songs. So Brandy and Monica was really really significant because first of all, there haven't been a ton of like female to female. Uh, versus battles. A lot of them have been between men just because of the nature of the the music industry. Um, But 
I think something that's really interesting, however, is Jill Scott and Erica Badu have, have gone head to head. One of the most successful explosive versus battles I think we've seen so far. And now we have Brandy and Monica. So you, you really have to think about, I think I'm going to speak to Brandy first because I'm like very team Brandy. Um, growing up, Brandy was like, if you're, if you're a black girl and you were looking for representation in media, it was Brandy. She sang, she had Moesha, so she acted, um, and she wore braids, which was not very common for kind of like this time, at least, you know, growing up, I was born in 1990, so um, songs like Sitting on Top of the World, um, you know, uh, In My Room, uh, just so many classics, and The Boy Is Mine, obviously, and so it was very, I think it, I think specifically for millennials, it was just very much of a nostalgic and um, kind of brought you back to the days of like feeling very grown and like listening to Brandy and Monica yeah. who were both very young while they were writing and producing and singing songs themselves. And so obviously with The Boy Is Mine, it was this, you know, record-breaking song that was this, you know, kind of soap opera, dramedy, like storytelling hit song um that also you know there was a lot of speculation and if brandy and monica actually liked each other and so the the live was the live was amazing because you can tell that they love each other deeply but they also cannot stand each other and that was yeah. very very apparent very 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 apparent during the battle and so it's interesting because versus always takes place on instagram live but the mm-hmm. conversation and the commentary always happens on twitter uh-huh, so yeah. Right. That's why it was such a big deal. It was like, first of all, it was two women who have, you know, just overcome incredible feats in the music industry and had and had really successful careers and still do in a lot of ways. So I, I guess I'm like, because I haven't watched any clips yet, mm-hmm. but like all I've seen is just like Solange and like Tyler, like in the comments, <laughs> I've seen like it memefied, right? But like, when I think about like verses, it's like they're, they're battles, right? But was yeah. it like, a, just, it was just a conversation or is it just like them roasting? Like, I just don't understand. It's anything. like, so Brandy will play a, will play a song. Okay. And then she'll make, she might, she might talk about the song. She might talk a little bit about the making of the song and, and Monica, and Monica might jump in and say, Oh, I remember that. Or like, Oh, I remember that happening. I remember that conversation or like, Oh, I, you know, oh, they, okay. and then Monica will play her song. Right. And it'll kind of just banter here and there. The whole idea is it's kind of like each round, they each play a song. And then that's when the audience kind of comes in in their own little world on Twitter to be like, (laughs) Monica definitely won that round or like Brandy definitely won that round. And it kind of just keeps on going like that. And then, you know, just based off of like who won each round, which is there's really no benchmark and there's no official winner. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Twitter, like the people decide who the winner is, but obviously everyone kind of has a different opinion. Yeah. So that's like what really makes it fun. And it's fun and it's it's just also good because there's so much animosity and so much snarkiness and so much just like volatile behavior on Twitter, but this has yeah. remained to be such a fun thing, you know? Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking when, you know, I saw my whole Twitter timeline filled with it. Usually if there's something that like pops off on Twitter there is a lot of like negative stuff that comes along with it, but that it was just like nothing but funny, like positive, like commentary on it. It's a, re- it's a good time. And it's, and I think it's a good, it's just a good laugh. And it's nice to also like see what other people have to say and, and to see how funny other people are too. Right. Yeah. It's well, like- we noticed in your commentary, because this is a skincare <laughs> oh, yeah. podcast, right. you were yep. being investigative. 
yeah. noticed the Glossier sticker on, uh, wait, whose water bottle was it, Brandy or Monica's? Monica's. Monica's. Did you reach, did you reach out? Were you like, yeah, I did. do you want to like request for comment? Yeah, I did. Because yeah, like someone actually sent it to me and uh, I hadn't even actually tuned into the verses that I think I had just gotten home or something. And someone DM'd me and I was like, oh my God, like I freaked out. And I was like, <laughs> this has to be some sort of placement or there has to be something going on here. Like Versus at this point has become so, I mean, now when you watch it, Versus used to take place just like musicians in their, in their studios or at mm-hmm. home. It was not this kind of production level at all, really up until maybe four or five verses ago. Okay. And so, um, and you see Ciroc on the table and it's branded now. Right, and it's yeah. like, you know, the brands are in on it now. And so yeah. I was like, what's going on with this? And so it's, and it's also like not something that you would like, I don't think like expect from Monica in the sense of her being a part of like the Glossier demo, not even as, as a black woman. I mean, I, I use Glossier, love Glossier, have consulted with Glossier on social strategy in the past. Shout out to Emily Ferber, Cher Camacho. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I was just, I was really, I was really surprised. And so um then I started to search and I saw that other people were wondering it too. And I was like, I'm just going to reach out and see if I can get something quick. And that's when they told me that it's part of some brand partnership. They didn't expand any further than that, yeah. but mm, yeah. So at oh, least I we got the confirmation. It was intentional. Yeah, that was good. That was really good on your part. Um, all right. So you're a creator. I mean, I, I hate that we have to always use these like, boardroom like just like mm-hmm. marketing terms to like just describe like people and what they do but I feel like in the way that versus kind of snuck up on me because I remember in early quarantine like seeing clips of like you know producers going back and back which I imagine was versus mm-hmm. but like for it to become this production for everything to just be like streamed on these platforms versus like watching it on tv or watching it i guess like maybe even like youtube.com or something <laughs> like that like I, like the vmas on twitter you know what i mean or like you just log in and like you can you can watch the dnc on roku you know what i mean like i feel like they all kind of snuck up but uh we can dive more into this too when we like talk yeah. about like your come up and like what you're doing but like where do you see i guess i'll just ask it now like where do you see like media going as a, like a beauty creator in what you're doing because I've seen that you've you've had a podcast in the past mm-hmm. you know now you have your newsletter which is subscription based mm-hmm. um, and you are creating you know IGTV series I'm just wondering like you know how do you keep up with it all you know and like how do you like dedicate and I you know I'll let you answer that but like I mean I have my suspicions because you're a writer and you know how to think through these things and like yeah you know, yeah invest where to invest like your thought power into to a topic and what's the best way to get that out but I don't know like what do you how do you do it and like where where do you see yourself going with it yeah that's a really good question and something I think about every day I think that something that is good to initially know about me is that I really started focusing specifically on beauty wanting to be a beauty reporter um really at the beginning of my move to LA so almost two two and a half years, almost coming up on three years. And prior to that, I was living in New York and I was working as a social media editor for various platforms. And so when I left New York, I was on staff at BuzzFeed News as a news curation editor. 
in the past, I had worked for um, Yahoo. I, where else had I had I worked? I worked for Dateline, NBC. That was like my very first job, <laughs> and it was nice. really there. Yeah, and it was really there. I was an assistant, but I got really involved with the social team, and that's kind of like how my background in social really started. And so, just by nature of the job, and then kind of culminating up to BuzzFeed, where it wasn't just social publishing of social platforms. It was sending push alerts, homepage, strategy. Um, I played a huge role in building our Instagram account at that time, launching our Instagram stories initiative. I just had a lot of really good insight on how to create native content on social and how I can end up kind of like turning that into revenue for myself, I thought. And so when I got really burnt out from being a social media editor, like after the 2016 election, I was like, I don't actually, this is actually, this actually is like, feels like terror to me. I was it like, I would like, really it, it did. I was working over the weekends and there was no slowdown. There was a rat Charlottesville happened on a Saturday, you know, um, rallies happened on Saturday. A lot of just um, natural does anything you could think of um, resignations. It wasn't just Monday through Friday and news and it hasn't mm-hmm. been that way for a long time. And so I was looking for a way to be involved within media still, but I knew I didn't want to do social media. My mom actually has, had, uh, growing up was a hairstylist. And so I'd always been around uh, hair and, and beauty. And so kind of, it's interesting how it's come full circle, but essentially kind of like going back to your question, Evan, is like, how do I decide where to spend my time and and how is that a reflection of where I think the media industry is going? I think that because the media industry hasn't done a great job of um, evolving its business model, um, it has done a huge disservice to the people who want to write, who want to be journalists, who want to tell stories. I think it's really hard to make a living as a freelance journalist going story to story on really low budgets. Um, and I was really looking for a way to figure out, I want to be a journalist and I want to write. How can I make this work for myself? I know so many people who have had to leave the business or leave the industry because it's just not sustainable. And so I started to kind of seek out number one with beauty. Like, what did I feel like no one was doing? Like Mm -hmm. if I was really going to do this, okay, we have these girls over here and they're doing product reviews and they're being influencers. And I think that's fucking fantastic. But what else can I bring to this conversation? And that's really how I nailed the politics of pop culture. And it really fell into line also with my news background. I knew I could use like my skills, for example, to reach out to Glossier to ask them about like a, a, a bottle placement. Like I had those instincts instead of just assuming, right? And so right. I've really been using that, my, my instincts and things that I've used as a social media editor in newsrooms. And I've paired them with, what can I create in terms of a subscription model in terms of maybe this focus on independent journalists in the future? Um, I also think about the way that people spend are spending money during coronavirus. Like mm-hmm. we're literally giving to GoFundMe's and Venmo and people money, like mm-hmm. more than I ever have. And I wonder how like that practice maybe may fall into how people um, spend on their media. You know, I've to be honest, I've never been a, a huge fan of, you know, paywalls or, or even subscription models. But I think that I 
am working on keeping my best content open for everyone whenever I can. That's really the whole point. Like my best content will never be behind a paywall. Um, and I've also realized that even with my beauty IRL, my IGTV series, you know, a lot of that is about like, what are ways that I kind of see myself being in this space so that it can lead to other opportunities that can get me paid. Right. And so that's a lot of like what my efforts have been going towards. And I'm kind of using like, okay, I've used, I've, I've worked for, for media companies before. I know how the sausage is made. I have a ton of Mm -hmm. experience as a social media editor. I'm going to pair this with now being more of a writer and reporter in this space that I think really needs it. And I'm going to do it as an independent journalist and my pitches that I've once had for news platforms. I'm just writing them for my newsletter now, and I'm hoping I can bring some value into creating that as a platform and growing that. Yeah. yeah. That was long-winded. No, Woo. no. Well, I, like, <laughs> from, like, if anyone who's watched like your beauty headlines, there it definitely does feel like it's in the same vein as like watching like a report. You know what I mean? But Yeah, like, I want yeah. it to feel that way. And it's not like some flowery like product review. It's not like hiring yeah. on like TikTok being, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it really feels like you're you're giving your take yeah, it feels real. It, like it feels authentic. So, mm-hmm. um, but we'll get into that more. I think. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, I was gonna say, I have a quick question for you. With the way everything that's happened the last six ish months, how, if at all, do you think your approach or perspective on your work has shifted? Yeah. So it's been really tough. It's mm-hmm. actually been really, really hard. I mean, I'm sure you guys have both run into the same situation where it's like, I'm trying my best to just put out things as consistently as possible. But there are some weeks where I'm like, I just watched this video of George Floyd and I don't want to get out of bed or I can't bring myself or even um, with, with Chad Boswick, I had just filmed a video for beauty IRL that like a few or a day before, and we didn't end up putting it out. I produced the show with, with one of my good friends, Diana Larios, who's just as into beauty as I am. And we were like, we have to shelf this video. And we also need to take time for ourselves because Mm -hmm. it's tough. And so definitely I have a little bit of guilt around it, but I also think that like, I'm trying the best that I can. I think everyone is trying the best that they can. And so I'm kind of just hoping for that same, that grace I'm trying to give to other people too, but it's hard. Like, and it's hard because you don't ever really know when it's going to hit. Yeah. Like this week I'm productive, right? Like this week I'm great. But uh-huh. next week, let's pray. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of like roll with the punches. Right. Yeah. Well, I think about the um, one of the beauty headlines videos you released. Uh, it was in the wake of George Floyd, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you you had this line that was like, you know, it was it was very simple. It wasn't like the point of the video, but it, yeah. it was in, in you debuting the Excel sheet that you created of like yep. beauty brands responding to police brutality. Um, it was about, you know, like beauty's like beauty feels like the last thing we should be talking about. And I'm just wondering, because it's funny, like we 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 run this skincare meme page, you know, it's all mm-hmm. like, you know, it's all subverted and it's all just like just shit posty and just, you know, you have to laugh to keep from crying kind of shit. But <laughs> yeah. like, um, I guess my question is like, where do you see like beauty like fitting, you know, I guess when it just feels like everything's falling apart, you know? Like, totally. Or like, how do yeah. you like, because yeah, you talked about the guilt a little bit, but like, oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, how do I um, engage in a way that's real, but like at the same time, like, no, you know, but there are always moments too, like, you know, WAP coming out and then you like making a headline about like being a beauty headline. Yeah. Because like, the thing is, it's like, 
culture just th- still keeps running. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's never exactly. like exactly. Which is I don't know. Maybe I answer my own question, but I just like something I've been thinking about as I was like no, totally. Back, I was like. I'm- Yeah, I feel like I definitely know what you mean. Kind of the video that I did in the wake of of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery was kind of the moment where, number one, I found a way to pull it together. But also something that was happening in that moment is there was something in beauty to actually respond to, right? As you guys remember, it was like, okay, all these brands were releasing these statements. And I was able to kind of tap in and figure out how can I, how can I kind of create something, a tool that is helpful for people? It really wasn't about kind of like having an opinion on each and every brand and dissecting what they were saying. It was more about presenting something that was really easy for people to read so that they could come to their own conclusion. I'm like really big on that. Like I, I'm really big on that. And so I think that it's this like play of Sometimes you have to feel it out. And I know that feels like very abstract, Mm. but even the video that I did that, that we did um, on that Thursday, you know, Chad on Boston, we found out about him that next day. Maybe I could have really, maybe I can release it a couple days after, or maybe, you know, if it's not Friday, I like post my, my meme posts or I post on Instagram, I might do something Um, like Saturday or Sunday, even if I don't technically like reference what's going on in the world. So I think it's hard and every, it's like, you kind of have to evaluate each moment exactly with the circumstances that you're in, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's sort of, I mean, even though we're just posting dumb memes, (laughs) we're always kind of like evaluating, like whether something feels right uh, in the moment. Cause yeah, things are just have been constantly changing right. so yeah. quickly um, in the last couple months. For sure. So um, you got a question? No, no, no. You, you leave. Oh, I was going to say, all right, since this is a skincare podcast, <laughs> before we jump into some more questions, uh, we have a little segment called Drop Your Routine. Drop the routine, drop your routine, uh, where you can, the guest walks us through either your AM, your PM lineup, just what, what, uh, what you're working with right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because I don't really talk about my routine that much, which is like kind of intentional. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like I kind saw of in your newsletter. I saw, yeah, we I saw, saw that. that you, you had like um, a quarantine update and mm-hmm. list. Yeah. But I was I'm wondering if it changed. Yeah. So it, I should actually update it. Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> I'm actually like a huge, even though I don't talk about it, I'm a huge junkie. Like I try, I have slowed down. Well, I should say two things. I'm a huge, I'm a specific product junkie. Like I'm a toner junkie. Okay. I'm a cleanser okay. junkie, but I am more hesitant on like more treatment based stuff. So serums, yeah. retinol, stuff like that. I don't really like to change it up because that is when I will get a lot of irritation. And I actually feel like I have really sensitized my skin when I first really got into trying products and just kind of figuring out like how I wanted to approach making beauty content. And, um, after that experience, I was like, I'm not even good at this. Let me (laughs) like, let me figure out another way to kind of approach the beauty industry with that said, what that experience did teach me is like, okay, I love a toner. I love a cleanser. I love, a. And like, I do like to try different SPFs, especially as a black woman. Like, I just want to know, like, Mm -hmm. is this going to leave a cast or not? I'm actually just genuinely curious. And so 
let's talk about my morning because my morning, I'm like nailing the morning routine right now. Mm, and amazing. yeah, so if I take a shower that night and my face is clean and everything, a lot of times what I will just do is I won't do a full cleanser in the morning. I'll more do kind of just a toner. So I, I love the Indie Lee toner. Um, actually love the Indie Lee brand. It's, mm. uh, they're like a, they're like a clean yeah. uh, beauty brand that, um, that I really enjoy. It's a hydrating toner. I like hydrating toners versus exfoliating toners. Um, after that, what I'll normally do is I'll, there's this, um, product called the Great Barrier Reef. Ooh. You know, if you've ever heard of it, it's okay. like a ceramide based, um, very creamy, uh, lotion and it essentially just helps to kind of like maintain your um your moisture barriers your skin barrier and um i love that just because it absorbs but it still definitely leaves like this dewy look that i enjoy and with that that's when i'll go on with my gua sha in the morning and i'll start to kind of like wake up my face i love gua sha i love jade rollers like (laughs) i know they're really trendy kind of things but even though I don't, I'm not super certain on like claims around wrinkles and lifting mm-hmm. your face and stuff. Sure. Releasing tension, yeah. I'm like it's like I've got a testimony on that. You know what I mean? Like I, I like I'm very much like a ritual person. I love beauty for the sensation. I love the feeling. Like mm-hmm. I love beauty like as an experience, like creating that experience for myself. And then after that, obviously I will put on my SPF. I should say that some days I really, sometimes I don't put on a set, a, a moisturizer first. Sometimes I just will use my SPF. It just kind of depends on how dry my skin is and like the atmosphere outside it is very dry. Right. So SPFs that I like, there is a, um, there's a Korean brand called Prem and they just have a fantastic SPF that I really enjoy. What's another SPF that I really like? Um, what is another SPF that I really, really enjoy? Dermalogica has a physical sunscreen that I think is really nice that they came out with maybe over the spring. But yeah, that's like my my morning routine is pretty. I try to keep it pretty minimal. And it's more about like the gua sha use and the, and I like to, um, oh, and I do use an eye cream. I, I love to sound oh, like, oh, I'm such a minimalist. No, I use oh, an yeah, eye cream. Yeah, like that's what I do. And then, I, and then like before you know it, I'm at like 10 products that I've right. mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. There's an Epilogic um, eye cream that I really enjoy. It's very cucumbery. It's just, Ooh. I just love to kind of tap my skin and things of that nature. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't tried anything from Epilogic. Yeah. But that sounds nice. I've been looking for specifically for an eye cream that has cucumber in it. Do you yeah. like? I'm sorry. Just one moment. Somebody's at my door. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, we love these moments. We love it. Another PR package, you know. Another <laughs> I know. What are you? PR what are you gonna package. do? You know, they just they <laughs> just keep setting it up. They keep coming. I don't know what's yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Amelia, you're trying to look for something with cucumber for your eyes? Yeah, yeah. Something that that's like. Do you ever stick that? Do you ever keep that eye cream in the fridge? Put on a little cooling cucumber. No, the reason why I don't keep any beauty products in the Ooh. fridge is because I know I'll forget about them. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I <laughs> so I like don't. Some, like, real like. I thought it was about to be like a hot take. Like oh shit, no. go off. It's really just my brain and like, I'm way too forgetful. And like, I even have, I love, I I became really obsessed with eye patches, like over quarantine, okay. like I became really obsessed with eye patches and I do have some eye patches in there, but even now, like I've, I've forgotten, you know, many fridges, but I'm just trying to not keep on buying shit. Like, yeah. I don't know guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I just like 
re-upped um like on some like body body wash and like a body exfoliator shit and i was like mm-hmm. that was I, I paid way too much for that uh yeah <laughs> but um do you do like all right i'm curious because here in new york all like your facial spas are still closed oh yeah and like is that still is that something going on in la as well yes or are they so open? I'm sure I'm, if you have the money, if you're a, a celebrity. You, <laughs> right. As we know, the celebrity experience is much different. I was literally at somebody's home yesterday, which I cannot, who I cannot disclose, but again, how the other side is living. And they asked me if I wanted to come over for a um, pedicure at their, at their home. Wow. So now, and I actually think this is become going to become a thing where it's just going to be like people like, a lot of these nail techs are now just coming to people's homes, right? right, Like private services. And so an interesting fact is that in California has been like very, very up and down on like just general beauty services and, and beauty businesses. They told them they couldn't, they couldn't, first of all, governor, um, Gavin Newsom, very offhandedly said that the first community spread case of COVID happened in a nail salon, which actually mm-hmm. ended up not being true. So that caused a whole thing. Right. And then they were begging, begging, begging to reopen. Then they let them reopen and to do services outside. So there were literally like nail salons and hair artists outside. And now in almost every state, it seems like services are hair barbershops and nail techs are still open, but again, like estheticians and skin stuff, it still seems like it's not open. And in California on the 31st, I believe it, it, oh, maybe, oh, so yeah, so I guess today, yeah, or yesterday, but now today beauty salons can like fully reopen. However, I believe some of them already have been, it's kind of all over the place, but definitely I know that like, not all, I, I feel like esthetician and kind of like skin, skincare stuff is, not been a, as big of a point of discussion as like hair. Yeah, no, definitely. Not. I mean, I, there's that big petition going on here in New York right now for uh, yeah. facial spots to reopen. Because yeah, I feel like like Sophie Pavi like wrote a huge thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how you know there is a level of like misogyny wrapped into it because it's like you know they have the PPE to do facials, but right. it's just one of those things where like oh well, this is just some frivolous, you know the words are escaping me but you know it's like well, why do we need a why do we need to rush in reopening that when you know it's a lot of people's livelihoods like right. like you know like come on so we're gonna dive into some more questions if you're yeah. ready for them yeah um, sure okay so i'm curious all right what got you most interested um i know what's got you most interested these days like topics that you're exploring that you feel like haven't been explored um, mm-hmm. unless you want to save that for behind your paywall but since we have you we'll put you on the spot no love it <laughs> what am, what topics am I most interested in right now I have quite a few honestly but if I were to maybe nail it down to two one very simple one is obviously now with masks a lot of people are talking about eyes and eyeshadow and how it's all about the eyes now but for me it's all about the eyebrows oh, so okay. I'm yeah I'm like I was very lucky because before I went into quarantine, I had just happened to get my eyebrows done recently. And so because I did that, I had a good shape and I just kind of continued to tweeze them 
every few days, like just very, very little, just staying on top of keeping the shape. But from doing that, I've become like really good at tweaking my eyebrows. Like really, really. And I've, and I've always like, for me to sit here and act like I don't have great eyebrows is like, like we don't even have to go through that conversation. Like, I think I have good eyebrows. I'm very grateful for my eyebrows. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but what I will say with all of that is I've actually noticed that my eyebrows have started to thin. Oh. And so I've been starting to put jojoba oil on them. So we'll see. I just started. Um, but, that's, yeah. That's why my mom does that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you, you can't really notice on like on video, but they are starting to kind of just like, I don't like thin out or not grow back as quickly. And so mm. any. Anyways, I'm kind of very into like everyone's into the eyes and the eyeshadow, and I'm very into the eyebrows with the masks. Do you feel like you enjoy tweezing your eyebrows? Because it's I feel like it's a very ritualistic thing because it's just you have to take your time with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like I think for me as someone, you have to pay a lot of attention attention to detail and you have to actually really think like this could be the hair that <laughs> that makes you look crazy if you pull it out. So you have to be really thoughtful about it. And it really makes you kind of slow down and be more thoughtful about like this little tiny choice that actually would take quite a while to grow back sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So I have that. And then my second one is actually, I'm very much into um, learning more about alopecia right now and hair loss. And in hair loss in general, I feel like, because I actually, this is not related to alopecia, but I'm actually writing something about this for my newsletter is mm. there um, are some former people who have had COVID-19 and they're, they put themselves or they call themselves like the long haulers. Essentially, they're people who months after, um, you know, kind of going through their bout of COVID, you know, now they're negative, but they still have these symptoms that have lingered and one that has developed has been hair loss. And so I did some more like digging on, on this and what it could be. And it's, so it's less about the hair loss being a direct symptom of someone having COVID-19, but more of the stress that has come with it. And so, you know, like losing your hair can be a really traumatic experience for, for some people. I think especially black women where like our hair is so much of our identity we experiment with our hair our hairstyles become trends you know what mm-hmm. i mean from from cornrows to big hair so like losing your hair sometimes you don't even realize how much you love and appreciate your hair until it starts to fall out and that is like a really emotional jarring experience so i'm really into like exploring hair loss and i'm really into related to that exploring um alopecia and just kind of uh disorders that have to do with the scalp because I feel like it's something that we don't talk about, but it's definitely like a beauty topic, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. And I feel like, um, you know, just judging on like your writing and something like, you know, you talked about, you know, um, in LA, like salons being closed for a long time, a lot of, you know, uh, like community about, you know, the whole entire cultural experience and also just being a black woman, how that whole entire experience is now like gone into, the home and like it's just kind of funny you're like having to explain you're like oh well I can do my eyebrows better than ever now you know what I mean it's like I don't yeah. even know if I need to go back but of course you I mean of course you go back but but yeah I mean like I think about hair I mean like men you know they all know male patterned baldness this is like on yeah it's approaching and you know they there's like 
tons of ways of just like, I guess, addressing it, but it all has to do with like their hormonal levels, which I don't know if it's the same um, for, for women or like, you know, I have um, one of my cousins uh, is married to someone who has alopecia and I've just never really like quite understood it or like really even was curious enough to like even research it on my own. But, you know, I'm just, I'm very curious to know as well. Oh shit. Oh, frozen. Frozen. Oh, I think <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, okay. Hello. Oh wait, I'm back. Okay. I back. switched my, my Wi-Fi to the stronger network, which I didn't realize. Oh, you're good, okay. You're good. You're good. Damn. Two networks. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're good now. Well, well we- wait. I have a question oh, yeah, for yeah, you yeah. guys sure. now. Oh, let's go. Let's do it. So, what have you? What did? What did you guys do during quarantine with your hair? I grew it out. I grew yeah. it out. Did you? Yeah. He used to have really out. short hair. <laughs> and yeah, and I was always so insecure that I was losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out I'm not. Like, I feel like I had to grow it out to realize I wasn't. But yeah, I feel like that's like a huge. That's that's one of those like bail insecurity things, right? It's like losing your hair, yeah, and you, I feel like what's up? No, it's like I feel like it, we get to an age where like inevitably our hairline changes a little bit, right? And not in a in a bad way, but we sort of like because I did the same thing. I mean, I I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna bald, but I still like started to freak out like a year or two ago when I noticed my hairline was like changing a bit. We do that too. We we check. We go like Amelia. Amelia what, yeah. Right. Like today. What about today? Like, is that far? Like, how you, far like, back? You would tell me. That? Right. Like, isn't this kind of weird? We're like, because we always think that we'd like, you know, people want to be nice about things that you you can't quite yeah. help. You know. Yeah. So it's like if I'm like, yo, am I balding? And they were like, no, you're fine. You're fine. It's like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Why are you yeah. lying to me right now? Of course I'm balding because I look like I'm balding, you know, so. I know. Well, I'm a Sagittarius, so I will fucking tell someone if I think they're balding, if they ask me. <laughs> but I've found like nice ways to say stuff like that. Really yeah. nice. well, what you know, you nice send them photos, send some photos yeah. of some hot bald man. You're just like, look, you can look like this. Yeah, I saw. I saw yes. Yeah. Uh, wait, what are some nice ways to uh, to tell people? Well, if somebody's like, Darian, will you look and tell me if you think I'm balding? I might go, there's a possibility that you might be right. So what should we do about this? Like, oh, I'm in, gosh. I'm like in panic mode with you. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. right. if we're friends, what do we need to Google right now? Or that's when I'll come in with suggestions, right? I'll be like, oh, you know, I've seen this. I've heard people try this. This is when I try to be like an actual helpful beauty reporter to my friends. <laughs> right, right. Or that's I'll amazing. like give a suggestion or something like that. But I definitely try to do it in a very affirm- affirmative but truthful way. Yeah, that's a really good way to respond. I feel like anytime Evan asks me, I'm just like, no, I I think you're fine. You know, are you fine? wait? So I am? No, right. you're not. Okay, um, no, I mean, you know, you're not. Well, right? I had to grow it out. The thing is, I had right. to grow it out to realize where my actual hairline was. Yeah. Um, now I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the long hair. Um, yeah. But, you know, enough about me. You mentioned your friends. All right. So I have a question. I don't know if you were speaking about the women, women or men in your life, but we always ask in this podcast, mm-hmm. what? Are the skincare habits of the men in your life, if you have any? Yeah, that's a good question. Or like their I, journeys, their journeys. Yeah, well, men and beauty, such an interesting cultural conversation right now that we can that we can have. But I think generally with the actual men in my life, I always grew up, my dad was a big gym guy. And so I used to always like really watch him kind of pack his stuff 
going to the gym and Mm -hmm. because, you know, he was going to the gym and then he's going to work and he kind of like lived outside of his like gym bag in a lot of ways. And, and was like going to the gym twice a, twice a day and stuff <laughs> like that. Days, yeah. yeah, like two days and stuff. And so he kind of like lived outside of his gym bag in some in, or, or his car in some respects. And so I always just remember like, feel, like I think my dad used a lot of like the, what's the, what's the deodorant? Like, the, is it Old Bay? Uh, Old Spice? Old Spice. Old Spice. Oh my God. Old Bay is a <laughs> seasoning. Um, <laughs> Old Spice, the deodorant, like Neutrogena, just a lot of, mm-hmm. I think like very quick, quick and, you know, quick, I'm going to ready to go um, on the go kind of products, drugstore products. Um, I don't have a boyfriend or even a significant other, but I will say that I love like turning men on to skincare stuff. Like, if so you'd he, like that. you like that. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Like, come on, like, let's go like up your life. Like this is fun. And also it feels good. So right. if I have a guy I'm talking to and we're like, in my bathroom or something like that, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm I'm gonna spritz you with this toner. Like, I'm gonna press it into your skin for you. Like, I'm gonna kind of get them into it. Mm-hmm, right. Or if I'm over a guy's house and I'm like, why are you using bar soap? Which honestly, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with bar soap, right? Like, there are tons of in its lots of, eco- lots of great bar soaps. Right, lots of great bar soaps. But like, you could be living. You could literally try a new body wash that could completely change your shower experience. Right. And so I definitely like love to, if there's like a guy I'm talking to and I'm, and I know he's, you know, we're, we're casual with each other and we're like in each other's lives. Like I'll try to, I might buy him something like really cheap, but great that I've tried before. And I know that they'll like, like, I love doing stuff like that for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my brother, I feel, I just bought my brother like this dermatological, dermatological cleanser for him to try. Um, so I feel like I'm, I definitely have a lot of men in my life who are starting to explore it more, but mm-hmm. I noticed that it's not something that they are resistant towards. Like, it's not like a, no. an ew, like, I don't want to do this. It's, they're very open to it. Okay. Very open to it. Yeah. Like, um, sorry, Amelia, you're going to ask. Oh, something. no, I mean, it, I, yeah. Cause I was going to ask if, if those attempts are usually successful and, and if there's like one thing that men tend to be resistant towards but it sounds like uh at least for the men in your life they're all pretty receptive about it yeah they seem really receptive about it and and i feel like you kind of open up a can of worms for them like once they kind of have one very simple thing like a water-based toner or something they're like what's that or like what's this or i might even take like a face oil and just put it on their beard or i might be like try this face oil and run it down your beard. Like mm-hmm. it, you can use it on both. It's not going to hurt you. And so I feel like using it in ways that it not just relates to their face, but something that is very much associated with like masculinity a yeah, beard yeah. is like something that they're going to be into. Definitely. What were you going to say, Evan? Oh, no, I was just wondering. Cause like, you know, you, before you mentioned the personal anecdotes of like men in your life, I'm sure they all had like that reaction when you're like putting it on their face. They're like, oh, wait, oh, oh, <laughs> I look good, you know? Um, but, you know, I guess what's your, what's your take on, because I feel like there is kind of, I wouldn't say like a huge kind of revolution going on with like men in beauty because you, there's always cycles of it. You can look back yeah. through history. Um, but like, there's definitely people are, like men are being more experimental, whether it be with like, you know, nails, hair, like, I, I'm just curious to hear, like, what have you been noticing in the world of beauty yeah. with men? 
I've been noticing, it's so funny you bring this up because I actually really want to write about it, but I do, I'm writing right now kind of like a month in beauty where I'm kind of looking back at August. And one thing I really saw, I feel like we really saw this month was just more either like beauty brands launching or relaunching uh, lines that were for men in like the makeup or the skincare category. Um, so one like Chanel expanded like their Chanel boy line mm-hmm. to like an eyeliner and a, right. and a couple other things. And then there is a line that I pay a lot of attention to because I know the CEO, his name's Patrick, um, to Ceylon. It's, it's like spelled with a C and his line is specifically mm. for men of color. And so I think it's essentially supposed to deal with like kind of address some of the issues of like melanated skin, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, hyperpigmentation, things of that nature. And so I believe they did a relaunch that was essentially just kind of, um, they made some great improvements to the formula. And so I think we're just going to start to see like more new brands that are geared towards men. I, I even think about the way that, that, that Glossier ha- has done it, where it just felt like a new fresh direct to consumer brand it definitely appealed to like the cool girls or the city girls and uh, things of that nature but like um, i i i feel like we'll maybe start to see more of those brands take place and then the last thing that i thought was really interesting was with fenty skin how she you know had a lot of not a lot but she had a few guys like in her yeah campaign yeah. Right. And then I watched this video, this Q and A that she did with ASAP Rocky, who was also in the in the marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. And mind you, ASAP Rocky's like he's very well known for kind of be using like fashion and gender to, to be subversive, right? right? So that's something he does anyways. But it was interesting for me to feel like with Fenty, it was very like I'm putting air quotes around like girly packaging. It it mm-hmm. wasn't gender neutral packaging, yeah. but yeah. she still had these men in, in a, in a way where it was like, anyone can use these products. And that was interesting to me too. So I'm interested to see where it goes, but right. I'm also interested like what, how men feel about all of this. And if the skincare targeted towards men feels weird or if it's welcomed or because I think to me in my head I'm like gendered skincare feels very much more in the pursuit of like successful like marketing yeah bingo bingo, yes yeah (laughs) and so yeah so that's my take and that's why I'm kind of like skeptical of the whole thing but also as a woman this is what's been happening to me my entire life right like beauty is a as a woman (laughs) thing it's a yeah so yeah, I mean, we Evan, we get a lot of emails from new emerging like four men skincare lines. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it it it. Uh, I mean, I don't check it out as much as I as I should. But we used to look at all them. It did feel like I mean the the importance um, was on the marketing because it's always like these bottles that are stripped of like anything, you know, like no, just very like minimal packaging. Or it was on the other side where it was some. It had to be some like black like you know, manly or masculine color. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, we, I've, I've, we haven't personally come across like a, a four men product that specifically only like doesn't do anything gender neutral or for, for women just is specifically for men that mm-hmm. um, feels, that feels like, 
good. I don't know. Yeah. One day we're going to try them all out. We're going to yeah. like try them are all you? out. Are yeah. you? Yeah. Or we're even going to try all the ones that are like owned by huge parent companies. Yeah. Being, like, okay, let's get the, the three in one. Let's do an actual review on this. Um, but uh, no, like I, every time I see like a, like a four men, like skincare line, um, which I'm sure like all ingredients that are included in the formulas are probably really, really great. Um, mm-hmm. I just like, I think to myself, like, oh, this was probably some like Silicon Valley dudes, like pet project. He saw, he got some like research pamphlet that said there's a huge uptick in men using skincare. And so like, rather than understanding how they're getting into it, I'm just going to like try to segment it in a way where it's, right. just, they're realizing like what straight men are doing it now. But the thing is they don't understand that that they're, the reason they're getting into it is because there's probably a woman in their life that's showing them mm. the products that are trusted with the formulas that are trusted. And so yeah. I don't know how much on their own they're going to go out and be like, oh, I found a, I'm just making, you know, I don't I can't remember really. any of the brand names. Some of them are really funny, but um, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So it is just the marketing thing. Like, yeah, uh, I, I wonder, yeah. Like, yeah, I wonder, I wonder how, if it's going to be successful though. Yeah, like you mentioned, I wonder how we would have felt about them if if these like products existed before. Like Evan and I, like really delved into skincare, you know, like before, like our, you know, my mom, my mom like got me into skincare growing up. So it's, it's been a while, but. Right. Well, I remember like Jack Black or like Kiehl's, you know what I mean? Those to me were like, oh, look, you know, your dad probably got Jack Black from like Macy's as like a present or something. (laughs) uh, You know, like Kiehl's was like, oh, like this kind of looks like heritage-y. This looks nice, right? Yeah, totally. Um, But I think like what was really cool about Fenty, like, um, which have you had a chance to try it? You know what? I have, and I bought it with my own money. How dare they? How dare they do that? To you? <laughs> do they not know who the fuck you are? Oh my god! Well, honestly, truth be told, I used to get a ton of press packages, but I've really slowed down just because I don't review products any longer, and it's not really needed for my work. And I have this weird thing of like, I don't like feeling like I owe I owe brand things which i don't technically think is the case if they send you stuff like i actually don't think that is but like in my head and it's just kind of better for me to keep a clean a clean kind of reputation i think with the kind of recording i'm doing or might in the future um it's hard though but like i want to i get emails every day about stuff and i might get something if i feel like i'm actually going to use it for research or if I have a specific story, I might call something in. I mean, that's just the nature of beauty, right? Like it's a ton of free stuff and packaging and everything. Right. But, um, but yeah, with Fenty, I did, I did buy it. I don't really think I would have felt comfortable accepting a gifting, even if they would have offered it to me. Um, had no issues buying it. Really, like I don't mind it. I think that my thoughts on Fenty are that I ended up liking it a lot more than what I thought I would. And the reason why I think I do is because again, I'm an experienced girl. Mm. Obviously there was a lot of conversation around the fragrance, right? And um, I'm not someone who my skin reacts poorly to fragrance. The fragrance is pretty strong. Like the skin very much. And if you've ever been around Rihanna and in any sense of the word, like you can smell that girl when she's coming. Like <laughs> you've, you've been around a real. Is this who you yes. got? Like oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but like, I mean, just like being impressed, you know, like you end yeah. up kind of going to things or whatever it may be, or like with a friend or something it's like smell that. And, walking down, like oh shit, yeah, you, like, it was real. There's that familiar can, scent. Yes, yeah. like you can oh, really smell that girl. You, she's a perfume girl, and mm-hmm. so it makes sense that Fenty skin is is pretty fragrance, you know? And so I, 
um, have been using it here and there. Um, I do. I like, I think the toner might be my favorite kind of product. I think it's, I think it's pretty unique for the U S market. And, um, I like the packaging around it. I like the way it, mm-hmm. it feels, um, it's not the normal way. It's kind of, you can, it's more of like use it as an essence versus like the way I'm normally used to using toner. But, um, at the same time, I, I like the feeling of it. I like the way it smells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I'm in the mood, I'll, I'll pick it up. What makes it unique in the, uh, for the listeners, what makes it unique in the, in the U S market? I think what makes it you unique in the U S market. Well, I guess not as much so any, any longer, but I feel like what you more see with K kind of what K beauty did was we started to introduce these multi-layered steps. Um, and one of those steps was an essence. And so instead of kind of using a toner as like the second step to, uh, make sure that all of your dirt was off after cleansing. It's more of like you pat it on for extra moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's different about this toner is it's not a part of a multi-layered or a multi-level skincare routine. It's really just three steps. And so with Fenty Skin. And so I think that's what what makes it different. However, like for the US market is it is unique in the sense of like, apparently the cleanser is supposed to get off all your makeup and then you can use this toner, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. sometimes I will honestly put it on a pad and I'll just use it the way I normally use a toner, kind of just wipe away to moisturize it. But maybe if I'm getting off the plane or something like that, or if I'm, if I've been out all day and my skin is really dry, maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll put it on again and I'll kind of just like tap it on my skin. That's uh that's Evan. You, I, that's the only one I haven't tried. No, oh, the the toner. Yeah, yeah fat really like water, right? Fat water. Yeah, uh, fat water. I really like the um the cleanser. I can't wait to like. I'm gonna wait till mine is all gone, the one I'm using right now, because I really liked yeah. it. So once once I'm through with my um current cleanser, I'm gonna move on to that one because it really did make it really did do wonders to my face. Emilio was there. We did a little uh yeah we, review. He was you know he was he was talking. He was giving the listeners. He was like Evans Evans washing his face. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to do Emilio has a segment? We're called, trying to make it work, but it's it it's it's not this is the second time we've done it. It's not going okay. that well. But if you're telling us like this this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um that shit. Like, we'll, I'm we'll open. Shit. I'm open. Yeah. Okay. So it's called This or That. Usually I'll do a bit of research on the guests and kind of find out what products y'all are currently using and liking and pit it against a dupe or like a similar alternative just to okay. get your opinion. We're not saying which one's better, just, you know, which one do you prefer? Right. And you can say as much or as little as you want about the product. So okay, let's try. The first one is The Ordinary's 100% plant-derived squalene. Is it squalene, right? I think it's squalene. That's how you, or is it squalene? Oh, I thought it was squalene. No, you're right, it's squalene. I went back and forth between it this morning, but okay, let's go with squalene. Okay, let's just do it, whatever. So that one, or Indy Lee's squalene facial oil. Hmm. I'm going to go with my tried and true ordinary because is the Indy Lee, I feel like the Indy Lee one is more of like a treatment it, mm-hmm. I think it has other stuff in it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, really it throws in. Yeah, but I mean, the ordinary most of their products are just like one. Right, and I and I like that. I like that it's just the squalane versus it feeling more like a treatment. Yeah, that ordinary. I feel like I'm on my third bottle of it, and I really, I just love, I love the simplicity of it, and knowing that if my skin is feeling really dry, 
Um, it's a simple solution. Sometimes I can just add it to a, a moisturizer mm-hmm. at night. Um, and I actually always bring it with me when I travel because I feel like it's just one of those products where no matter what atmosphere I'm in, um, I'm not going to react. It's it, my it skin works. won't react per- poorly to it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of, um, so my sister used to have that product and rather than she would, she was like, yeah, I can put this on your face, but she was like, try it in your hair. Have you ever heard of anything like this? (laughs) No, but I would totally try that. I feel like I should try that. What's it do to your hair? Just, I don't know. I don't remember, but that was just like a little moment. We were both in the bathroom and like, uh, you know, she was like, she was like, Oh, Evan, if you want a little more sheen to your hair, uh, just put a little bit of the squalane in there. And, uh, Interesting. Anyway, that's an aside, but that's that's my experience with that product. <laughs> that's cool. Which also, but that also reminds me of how like using a face oil. Why not maybe just rub a little bit a little in bit. your other access in your hair? Like, yeah. What's well, I feel like I do that, like, because my hair is longer now, and like if I'm doing my uh, if I'm doing like a routine, and I'm like, oh, you know, I need more product to wait. I have some like really like really tight curls on the side of my head that mm. needs to, need to get longer in order for me to like pull it back. Um, so I'm like, oh, let me just get some more product in there to weigh it down. <laughs> So I'll be like, oh, let's put some uh, Tatcha moisturizer in there. No, I won't do that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Wait, what? Sometimes. Tatcha you know, know moisturizer. If there's some res, res on my hands, I'll just do it. Uh-huh. it real greasy. Sorry, I'm, um, I'm in a <laughs> No, it's okay. No. I love this. Love the convo. Okay, so next one. The uh, Codex Bia facial oil or another Indie Lee one? The Indie Lee overnight facial oil. I would try. I love Codex. I think that they're actually a really smart mm-hmm. brand. Um, I have met the founder before and just really love her approach to to beauty because of her medical background. And yeah. they always say that you can eat their products literally, yeah, which is totally like a really it. crazy thing to think about. But yeah. also, have you tried of, it? <laughs> um, yeah. The no. Oh wait, no. Have I tried no, eating like, it? No. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. But I would be down to try the Indie Lee. Um, face oil because why not? I love that brand. Yeah. I, I, I really like, the, I really like Andy Lee's facial cleanser. That's the only thing I've tried. Okay. Um, I haven't tried. tried that yet. Okay. Last one, because I am not prepared. Uh, <laughs> Epilogic brightening glycolic gel or uh, Tata Harper purifying cleanser. You know what? I think I'm going to stick with my Epilogic just because Here's my thing with Tasa Harper, but this is also like very hypocritical for me to say. It's expensive. Tasa Harper is yeah. expensive. Like for me to sit here and act like I have Tasa Harper money is like <laughs> would be funny. So at the same time, Epilogic is not inexpensive. I don't know what the comparison of the cleanser price is, but it's, they're probably similar in price. Yeah, I think that that Tasa Harper one might be like eighty bucks, or I don't know. Uh, it, Maybe not that much. No, I'm thinking okay. of something else. But it is, okay. yeah, I don't know, 30, 40. I always like to throw in like a little expensive product to uh, to get the guest take on on those. Yeah, but- I think I, I have some loyalty to, to Epilogic. And I actually, I was actually, I will say, gifted a bottle of the glycolic cleanser. Mm-hmm. And I ran out and I bought more. So that's mm-hmm. how much I like it. Yeah. And um, also she's a Black-owned brand and I just like want to really support her, so. Cool. Uh, Evan, do we want to close it off with uh, yeah. the last segment, the do we do's and don'ts? Um, 
You intro this one, Evan. We, the do's and don'ts. Um, usually, sometimes we botch it. Sometimes we kill it. Most times. Um, <laughs> most times we botch it. But uh, it's basically, we're just, it could be anything related to like what's going on in your life, what's going on in the world. You know, it's basically um, kind of like a do this, don't do that. Yeah. And so um, sometimes we try to relate it to like what we already talked about. But honestly, this is your, this is your moment to shine. There's like no pressure. If you have anything in your mind or if it could be like, oh, do you try this product mm-hmm. or check out this brand or check out this org or do this, that, 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 you know, I'm going to try to think of one right now, but that's okay. how it goes. Like a do we do and a do we don't. Okay. We can think. We can think. Yeah, you can take as much time as yeah, you want. This, I, I also okay. do not have one prepared. I know, right? This is my mom's favorite segment. Which is so funny because I feel like we always botch it. We're always I know. like, you know, because we try she to be sees, like... She sees the potential. We always like, we're trying to get witty with it and then yeah. just kind of... She sees the potential, right? Yeah. Okay. That's really sweet. Um, oh, I, mine's kind of a, not a serious one, but it's not a, it's not a beauty one, but it's something I feel very passionately yes. about. Go off. Okay. So... Should I? Okay, I'll just say it. Um, I would do say... We do, or do we don't? A do we don't, mm-hmm. I think, should be ignoring Black trans violence when you see it on the internet. I think that when you see it, you do we do or you do we should share it, try to bring awareness to it, or donate to an organization that supports Black trans women. I just think so much about how much the lived experience of being trans is incredibly not just unique, but also um, gives you a totally different perspective on this world and how valuable that perspective is. I also think a lot about the danger that they go through trying to be their full selves and I also think about how much beauty and self-presentation is, uh, plays a role in that. And mm-hmm. so uh, one, of my, one of my big kind of like personal action plans is just including more trans voices in my beauty stories. And it doesn't even have to be a story that's directly about trans women, but more of them feeling like they have a stake and a voice in a variety of beauty topics. And so that's my big thing is I want to see black trans women and I think and trans people just involved more uh, in, in, in seen as thought leaders within the beauty space because they are. And there are so many things that I will, that I will never know that, that none of us will mm-hmm. ever know about that experience that we can learn from and that I think we should take into account. And yeah, so my Dewey do is to always protect and advocate for black trans women that's beautiful yes absolutely do you have without being like fetishistic in this way of being like Mm -hmm. oh let's talk about some individuals here or let's talk about like an org or like in like a signaling kind of way but like do you have anyone that you want to like shout out or like an org in specific you know like or yeah notice within beauty that's definitely like amplifying and like doing the work that needs to be done yes let me pull up their instagram right now They're, they are, they just launched this really dope campaign. And I was like, whoa, this is so great. I need to interview you. It is Elok, Elok Minon. And they are an author, performer, fashionista, and I'll DM you their Instagram account. But 
they have launched this um, social campaign called Nothing Wrong With Hair. Mm -hmm. And I'm not for sure of their specific um, ethnicity, but I'm very hairy. You can't really see it, but like my baby hairs and my eyebrows attached, like I'm a hairy girl. And so what I love about this campaign is it's about embracing hair. And in the campaign, you can tell how their hair on their legs is almost kind of shaped like baby hair. Like it's swooped and swirled and it just looks really being dope. It looks dope. And so I'm going to DM it to you guys right now. Yeah, we can, uh, we can include the uh, handle in our, in our description episode. Yeah. And so I think it's just a great campaign and I think we definitely need more work around normalizing back hair, chest hair, leg hair, hair everywhere. Yeah, I'm a hairy guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got bullied for it. You did? I'm sorry. I did too. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. all high school and middle school. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Kids are the worst. <laughs> the kids <laughs> fucking suck. Um, you know, like in, in kind of talking about things that we're going to plug in the description, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of them is going to be like the Excel doc you put together. Um, yeah. I'm wondering now, now we're going off topic. Like, because I remember I was, you, I was reading a summary that you did of kind of some of the more like notable brands to uh, like address police brutality and police violence. Um, I'm wondering if there's one like brand or person, you know, in in a non like in, in a way that you felt like really, which is so fucked up because it's like it all comes down to like performance in some ways, you know, yeah. at some t- at times who like really drove home the oh, inappropriate way of looking at these things and like stuck that landing. Yeah. Well, I think something that is like an interesting part of this conversation that we don't talk about a lot is the black beauty brands that are out there. How did they respond to this moment to help the black, the black community and the community that they're a part of? Mm -hmm. So I would say that some brands that I thought have done this really well, there are honestly quite a few, but there's Maven hair, Maven hair sells wigs and, and, uh, tracks and, and partial wisdom, things of that nature. And they created, let me just pull it up actually to see how much money they raised. Oh, no. They Okay, so one of those brands is Maven Hair. Mm-hmm. They raised $125,000 that went into being a relief fund for hairstylists and oh, for, wow. um, uh, for hair salon owners. And so... There's also, I feel like a lot of people don't know about this fund, but um, Rich Dennis, who owns Shea Moisture, Sundial, mm-hmm. uh, various various brands is also like very rich. He also owns Essence. He has a fund called New Voices. It's a $100 million fund that he started in 2018. Wow. And it almost felt... In, and I've really seen that fund or the impact of that fund um, or they've been included in other, a part of other initiatives. Like I've seen that there's a clean, um, a clean beauty, like summer school that Ulta, Sephora, Tower 28, Credo, New Voices, mm-hmm. they're all a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's also really awesome to see like the black beauty brands that do have money or have had some sort of footing in the game, um, raise money or use their own funding to help other black businesses. Yeah, definitely. Oh shit. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I, there was something that came up on my screen. I was like, what the fuck was that? No, it's um, okay. Beautiful. Um, Emilio, uh, do you have a DVD ready? I was, do you have um, one? No, I don't. Um, 
No, that one was just too good. Uh, I know, right? It's like, I don't even want to follow that up. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I, I don't know, think like, we should follow anything, that up. No, we shouldn't. Like, just leave that as is. Yeah, because like, anything we say is going to be dumb. Yeah. Um, okay, well. Uh, <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, well, we won't keep you any longer because we were just so fucking grateful that you would come on and do this with us. Um, this is so fun. I'm so yeah. glad you guys asked me. Yeah. Thank and, like, you. We're, so, we're excited to, like, to link your... Uh, not only just your IG, but all the things you're doing. Um, Newsletter. Like, just we yeah. look forward to chatting with you soon. Hopefully, if you ever make it out to New York, we make it out to LA. You know, next. Definitely. Now, socially distant, of course, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but Darian, thanks so much. Uh, do you have like, wait, oh shit. Oh, I was going to say, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> yeah, I feel like my, what's, I had, a, had a question that I thought about during, oh, I want to know why you guys decided to start this podcast. Um... <laughs> Because uh, I just love, I love talking to Amelia. I think everybody should yeah. hear, uh, hear me um, just talking to an Amelia. I don't know. Wait, there, yeah, there really wasn't like a moment where we were like, oh, we're going to do this. Um, we were living together for three years uh, in Chicago. And mm-hmm. we've like, we've known each other since like seventh or eighth grade. We met on MySpace. And, um, Whoa! Yeah, and then we That's like, crazy. kind of like went our separate ways during high school. Then Evan graduated college and he moved to Chicago and I had a room open. So we were living together for a while. And I think mm-hmm. that's both when we realized that we were both kind of like into skincare and I definitely had never had like any guy friends before that, that were under it. So we just kind of joked about it all the time. And then Evan one day had a high idea of making, yeah, came up with the name Dewey dudes. And so, did you say high idea? Yeah, it was high. We were at, we were like, we we're getting lunch <laughs> somewhere. And I, was I like, love that. You know, I was like, what if, what if we had a podcast where we we're just, you know, talking about skincare, like the way people talk about streetwear, which yeah. you've, you've written Love. about. Yes. Um, and you've explored with one of your friends. Um, I remember reading that and thinking, oh, fuck. See, there's so much that we could just talk about. So I hope you come on again. Um, totally. Would love to. But uh, yeah, we just, we were talking about that. And then we were like, well, would, would anybody really be into that? Like, because yeah. the, the voice that would have to like, would people understand it? And so we were just kind of like, well, maybe if we like, like make a meme page and see if like, people if there any anybody who's even interested in that like yeah and like just two dudes shit talking and just just yeah. chatting about skincare with people at with with like the thought leaders you know what i mean like, mm-hmm. so it's like i feel like all of our guests and this isn't like incredibly purposeful but we're like okay let's bring on like like people in the beauty industry why but like let's like it's it's always gonna be women you know it's like very like yeah but it's like you know it would be really it would be hard to just bring some 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 cloudy person, some cloudy guy, just being like, "What's your skincare routine?" He'd be like, "Man, I don't know, man. Like, I just go in the shower, right. you know. I just kind of put some conditioner in my hair, you know. Like, yeah. so we just want to be like, okay, well, we really want to talk about skincare. So, you know, who can we invite on to talk? And um, you know, and it's been really fun because we get to like interview people like yourself. We get to yeah. interview uh, like lots of like like other beauty editors and reporters, and um, everybody has their like." They're, they're kind of their niche that they're in, you know? Yeah. Like, totally. Which is, it's, it's, it's really fun, like, seeing, like, those different niches. And, and I feel like we learn, we learn a lot on the podcast. I know. Sometimes I give this, like, this, like, stare where, like, <laughs> they're going through, like, the products they use that I've never heard of. I'm like, yeah. Right, like, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up later. I'm like, yo, I've got, like, three products in my, uh, my uh, morning routine. Like, I don't even, you know, which I feel like that's, like, a normal thing, right? Like, I mean, you've toned down. Right, in the I've last toned down, months. but that's because yeah. I add like I mean, this comes up on every pot. I add a little yep. bit of retinol, and so yeah. yeah, 
And once you add that retinol, you got to have the moisturizers, yes. plural, plural yeah. and moisturizer. Wait, so, okay. I love, <laughs> I agree with you that I'm very much into, and this more has to do with like, this is kind of like where my personal taste comes through as like human Darian is like, I love streetwear. And even though I don't have a ton of it, I, cause I can't always afford it, but like, I love streetwear. I love sneakers, love sneaker culture, even though it's like evolved so much and it's like mm-hmm. so weirdly competitive now. Anyways, what do you guys think of the Supreme and Pat McGrath collab? Oh, I, I like I, anything that has to do with Supreme, I don't, I don't even engage with. <laughs> like, sorry. Like, <laughs> not, not, not like in a mean way, but like, it's, just, yeah. it's so like, yeah, it's so intense. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, like, Emilio, you probably know. You, Emilio's more into like he, no. he, knows, he knows his garms. You know, he knows. Yeah, but no, specifically clothes. that that collaboration, I know nothing about. I know, right? Okay, but it is a lipstick. Ourselves. So if you guys don't wear, yeah. I mean, I don't wear lipstick either. But I think that like when I think that we can all kind of see these these little similarities between beauty and streetwear, or at least mm-hmm. I think like some brands being able to kind of like leverage marketing tactics used in yes. streetwear to like make money. I'm actually surprised there's not more of that happening. Yeah. But um yeah, so I guess that's why I was I was just curious. I'll admit well, I kind of want it. Yeah. Well uh, let's let's start a, like a campaign to get you it. I don't know. I know. I wonder how hard it'll be like, I wonder how yeah how hard it'll how be. How coveted it is. Yeah. Um it's gonna be hard. Like you'll have you to set up like a <laughs> You mentioned that new Chanel boy line and someone had DM'd me that like, oh, like, have you guys heard about this? Like, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about, you mm-hmm. know, these four men makeup? And like, without like talking about shit I don't know about, like, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the target, the, the male target that they're going for is very, very specific. Yeah. Who, you know what I mean? Like someone who's going to put on boy Chanel and be like, this is some, this is hot boy shit. Like, you know, like <laughs> not going to be some like, like, just some some guy who's like a bench, like he's already wearing makeup. You know what I mean? And like now I want the Chanel makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that was just something I forgot to like bring up because I was like, oh man, so I have I have a take on this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. It's also so crazy, like because honestly, there are probably a ton of more brands out there that men could just use if they right. like eyeshadow or if they want to yeah. wear eyeliner or like yeah. nail polish. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. It's, so it's crazy like, to me. They probably already know that. Like, they're already right. researching it. So it's like to invent, like, something that, like, I mean, I guess, but the thing is, like, when you're in your streetwear uh, conversation with your friend about the marketing tactics that, like, makeup and, like, beauty or, like, Glossier was using, it's like, mm-hmm. or um, I forget about the one um, collab that happened. I think it was, like, I don't know who it was, but, like, yeah, the collaborations are always happening now. So it's kind of like it mm-hmm. makes it, but... I don't know. There's something about makeup that's like single use. Yeah. You know, like it's, it can be sustainable to a degree, but like right. with like um, objects, other materials that are like a part of this streetwear, like very rare culture, only so many produce. And I guess that's right. I guess that could still exist with like makeup and skincare, but like the idea of those products is that you, you, you use them until they're done. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And that also made me think like, Hmm, packaging are people going to start to create like really I mean they already are starting to create like really insane packaging where it's like okay this Pat McGrath you know like yeah. Pat McGrath to me is like kind of street in the way of like it's mm-hmm. really expensive and like 
the packaging is amazing, but maybe it's something where it's like, even when the pack where when the eyeshadow is expired or, or you use it all, the packaging is still something that like you want to keep. And like, yeah. what does that look like? And what does that feel like? And how expensive does it become? And things of that nature. Right. Yeah. Like limited edition. I mean, only time like, will tell. That's the thing with yeah. these things. You know? Like, yeah. Just don't know or else, or maybe we'll look back in like a year, which I think like that's how people look back like, oh man, that was cringe. Like, I don't like that, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, It's just, it's just insane. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> Only time we'll see. We're just the observers and the consumers. I know. Yeah. It's it's wild, you know, like there's just so much to consume these days. That's why it's like, even coming before coming on this pod, it's like last night, just know, like even just seeing like the whole entire like Brandy and Monica thing, it's like, I should know about this. Like I should already like be engaging <laughs> with this. Like why haven't I? And like, you know, or like just other cultural things that are happening. And I'm just like, there's just so much. And so it's like- There's so for, much. For so like, you know, like, like in your position to be able to like totally curate those things through like a beauty lens, also in political and like cultural. It's like, like I'm- you must be exhausted all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that I still feel like I'm, I miss. Mm-hmm. Like, do you guys know who Nikki tutorials is? I feel I heard the name, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. She, anything. Yes. So she's a really big, she's in the beauty YouTuber world. Um, I feel like she's one of the top global, just beauty YouTubers, influencers. And she's in the Netherlands. She actually just recently um, came out as trans. Many mm-hmm. people did, did not know that she was trans. I, I didn't know. Um, but she was in the news recently because her her place was wrapped. Oh, shit. And I felt like that was something I totally should have known. Yeah. And like, then I finally, uh, Diana brought it, brought it to my attention who I work on Beauty Headlines with. And right. I was like, whoa, I don't even, how did I miss this? Like, I feel yeah. like I should have saw this everywhere, but I didn't. But yeah, I think it's good to kind of like have a partner in crime where you guys can DM each other. And and I always tell I tell people like, send me tips or send me, tag mm-hmm. me and stuff because yeah. it, I like, even if it's something that I've already seen, I still appreciate it because I just can't keep up with everything. Yeah. And it's tough just being like online, like all day long. It's, that's why, yeah, that's why I like that there's two of us. Cause sometimes I just log off and Evan just goes, goes to town. Right. Yeah. But my mind's like, I mean, my brain's gone. Like it's <laughs> like, we, can you like, just imagine like, cause you're on Twitter. You're like, I'm like yeah. a lurker. I lurk on Twitter. I don't really like post. Um, but like, just imagine just reading like a million things out of context, but knowing the context. Like, right. You know I mean? There's like so many different conversations going on and you're just reading just like tweet that's like being like, just like petty about one thing that is in response to something else or to like a certain community online. And you're just like, I hate myself because I know what they're talking about. But if I like I were just to send this to like, like my mom or something, she'd be like, what, what is, what are you sending me? Like what? What are those kids doing online? Mm-hmm. I know. It's a lot. Uh, yeah. But, you know, here, there's great things on the internet, too. Like, um, like beauty headlines, beauty IRL, which... Like Dewey Dudes. If, uh, thank you. <laughs> it's okay. We try. Um, but, you know, if you're listening to this, go to the description. Links are going to be in there. Check those things yeah. out. Again, with us, Darian Harvin. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This was awesome. Talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. All right. Bye, guys. That was great. Bye. Bye. Bye.